In the continuation of our study in the book of Psalms, tonight we will be looking to Psalm 34. The book of Psalms, number 34. And looking to the title of this psalm, you'll notice that it reads, A Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and departed. And if you are familiar with the details of David's life, you know that this psalm follows the time when David sought refuge among the Philistines in order to escape from Saul. And some have justly criticized the actions of David in that that particular occurrence of his life was a time in which David became guilty of fearing man over fearing God. If you will read the account for yourself in 1 Samuel chapter 21, you will find that being overcome with fear, David lies to Ahimelech the priest, which leads him to find safety among the Philistines, who were the enemies of God's people, which then led him to pretend that he was mentally unstable, a madman before the presence of Achish, the king of Gath. Now, keep in mind, this is the same David who rebuked the men of Israel for their small faith as they stood before the champion, Goliath. This is the same David who looked his brothers in the eyes as they were shaking at the knees, who said, is there not a cause? Can't God help us with such trouble? Is this champion somehow greater than the Creator? In 1 Samuel 21, it seems that David's great faith has diminished. It seems that his fear of men has led him to act foolishly. The troubling circumstances of his life have brought out the worst in him. So that being said, at the beginning of our Bible study this evening, I want us to consider two lessons that stem from the circumstances Psalm 34 was birthed out of. And the first noteworthy lesson that is indirectly emphasized in the title of the psalm is the truth that the best of men are fickle and unfaithful. The best of men are fickle and unfaithful. We're only in the title of the psalm. Let me say it another way. The best of men are men at best. While it is true that for the greater portion of David's life, he was characterized as a man of great faith, a man of diligent obedience to God's word. It is also true that David was a man of like passions As we are. David, like us, became overwhelmed by the circumstances of life at times. David, like us, had moments that he was overtaken by the world, the flesh, and the devil. David, who is titled in Scripture as the man after God's own heart, had occasions in which he failed to pray, he failed to trust God, and he sought to take matters into his own hands. So the first lesson that needs to be recognized is the truth that David was an imperfect servant of God. 
The best of men are fickle and unfaithful. And the second lesson that needs to be learned and acknowledged in the consideration of the circumstances that produced this psalm is the truth that God is faithful and gracious toward his misbehaving and failing children. If the title of Psalm 34 teaches us one truth, it teaches us that where sin abounds, God's grace does much more abound. David failed. And David failed miserably in his lying to the priest, in his fearing men and running from one enemy going to another enemy. Yet God protected David from his enemies, not because of any worthiness in David, but because of God's goodness. David acted a fool, yet God still used him to produce this encouraging psalm. And if there is one central truth of Scripture that shines from its Ages more than another, it's the astonishing truth that while men are sinful, God is gracious. Men are unfaithful, God is faithful. Men's failures will not prevent God from accomplishing His purposes. And tied in with this truth is the wonderful certainty that our failures are not final. And our failures do not have to define us. Though the just man falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And isn't this a great encouragement? Though David failed... God did not wipe his hands clean of David and say, David, I'm done with you. Though David was overtaken by the fear of man, God still used him to pen Psalm 34 under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit for our spiritual benefit today. So that being said, the whole of this psalm ought to be viewed as a psalm that magnifies God's patience and pardon toward His wandering sheep. This is a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. Now as I read the entirety of the psalm, I want you to pay close attention to the positive, joyful, worshipful temperament of David following the occasion mentioned in the title of the psalm. We begin in verse 1. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want, there is no lack to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Now, having read David's words, In light of the circumstances that preceded the writing of this psalm and the remaining of our time, I want to highlight five repeated elements of the psalm that provide us with five spiritual activities that we ought to implement in our life. And the first repeated element spoken by David in this psalm is a personal resolve to praise the Lord. And this resolve of David has been a theme that has been brought to our attention already numerous times in the first 34 Psalms of the book of Psalms. And here we find it again in verse 1 and 2. David says, I will, I'm making a choice. I am deciding to do this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I will. And in that word shall. And in that word again shall. David's words teach us here of the necessity to be thankful unto the Lord for his mercies at all times. In every situation of life. In every event that occurs. Our hearts and our mouths ought to be filled with praise toward God. When everything seems to be going our way and when everything seems to be going against us, David is here showing us that it is the duty, the obligation, the responsibility of the believer to praise God because God is worthy of praise. Here he has failed, but God has not failed. Here he has strayed, but God has not strayed. Here he has left the joyful presence of God, so to speak, in fearing man, but returning back to God in repentance and faith, he finds that the rock has remained unmoved. So in every situation of life, David is teaching us here that we need a resolve 
To be faithful to praise the name of God. And this is what the Apostle Paul tells us to do in the book of Philippians. You'll remember, the context of the book of Philippians is Paul. And Paul, having been arrested for his faith, writing these letters to other believers to encourage them in their tribulations. And Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So we see, first and foremost, that it is the believer's need in every circumstance of life to praise the name of God. The second repeated element that I want you to notice is David's invitation to worship, trust, and fear God. David's invitation to worship, trust, and fear God. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. And then another O, oh, verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord, ye His saints, for there is no want to them that fear Him. And in these three verses, we have David giving a call to worship. We have David giving a summons for God's people to magnify and exalt the name of God. So in the first part of the repeated truths given in this psalm, we find David individually being resolved to worship God. Now he is calling on others to follow him as he follows the Lord. And so we see an individual element of the Christian faith and a collective element of the Christian faith. And this is something that must be mimicked in our lives. As we rub shoulders with others who name the name of Christ, like David, we must remind our brothers and sisters in Christ to worship God, trust God, and fear God. Our faith is not a singular faith in that it's not just for us. Our faith involves the family of God gathering around the throne, worshiping the one who is worthy. And so we do provoke unto love and good works. We gather together, Lord's Day by Lord's Day, we gather together in occasions like this to remind one another that we are serving God together. And one day we will be together. Imperfection. We will be together in that place where there's no sickness, no sorrow, uh, and no more losses. So we see David's resolve to praise the Lord individually, and then David's invitation to worship, trust, and fear God. The third repeated element spoken by David in the psalm is David's observation of God's kindness towards his children. David's observation of God's kindness towards his children. Verse 6. David says, this poor man, speaking of himself, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 17. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. This is David's observation. He sees that the righteous cry unto the Lord, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous as David looks around at his own countrymen who are in the faith. He sees that many 
are the troubles and the trials and tribulations of those who know Christ, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. So the truth pouring out of these three verses is the truth that God hears and answers prayer. God is a God who can help us in our times of trouble. And this is what we read in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in time of trouble. So the practical truth that can be implemented in our life is the need to turn to God when we meet with the afflictions of life. We need not trust in our own wisdom. The Bible tells us, cease from thine own wisdom. We need not trust in the arm of flesh, our own flesh, and the flesh of others. We ought to lean on the everlasting arms of God. God in His infinite power is capable of helping us in whatever situation we are in. And David forgot this. There was a moment where he trusted in men. He felt like he had to run to the Philistines to escape Saul. When he could have dropped to his knees and said, Lord, I'm looking to the hills from winds cometh my help because my help comes from you. But don't we find ourselves there? One day we're trusting in the Lord. One day we're living out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And the next day we wonder where the faith we had the previous day went. And we're trusting in everything but God. But David is here teaching us that this is the process of sanctification. Though we fall, we get back up. Though we falter, we exercise faith again. And he looks out among the congregation of God's children and he sees that God has been faithful. God has been kind to hear and answer prayer. So this encourages him to pray. This encourages him to trust God again. And then the fourth repeated element embedded within this psalm are declarative truths regarding how God deals with others. Declarative truths regarding how God deals not only with His children, but with those who do not know Christ. Verse 7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him and delivereth them. Verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. These are declarations. These are facts. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And save as such as be of a contrite spirit. And then verses 21 and 22. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. So what is it that David wants us to understand? David wants us to understand God will deliver those who fear him. God will provide for those that seek him. God will hear the prayers of those who are upright in heart. God will judge those who are evil. God will save the souls of those who trust Him. 
So we consider our present circumstances as they stand now. We consider what is transpiring in our world, in our nation. And we can take great comfort in the fact that God is with and for His people. If God be with us, who can be against us? And then on the flip side, we can take great encouragement in the fact that God is against those who are against God. God is with His people and God is against His enemies. Though it may not seem in this moment that God is against them, God's Word assures us that He is. And that God's divine justice will fall upon the heads of His enemies in His own time and in His own way. So you're worried about the corruption you see on the news? You're worried about evil leaders and their evil schemes as it seems that they have the joystick of life and they are controlling things whithersoever they will? Now we look to the Word of God. We look to the Lord. We rest in His promise that God will be with His sheep and the light of the wicked will soon be put out. David's declaration of truth, the angel of the Lord encompasses those that fear Him, but evil shall slay the wicked. And then the fifth repeated element spoken within the entirety of the psalm contains David's exhortations And David's provocations for others to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Notice verses 13 and 14. David says, Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. Now, who's David speaking to? I think there's a twofold answer here. I think first and foremost, he's talking to himself as a man, as a Christian, who's found himself struggling to maintain faith. He's telling himself, David, you have need to keep your tongue from evil. You have need to depart from that which is wrong and to do good, to seek peace and to pursue it. And God, by the Holy Spirit, is now using this message to also preach to others. And in hearing this message, we find that these commands, these exhortations, help us to live God-fearing lives. These are not nice suggestions to contemplate. These are divine orders to live out. So if you want to see good, as verse 12 implies, you must put into practice the explicit commands of verses 13 and 14. These are David's exhortation to others, those who have joined him in following the Lord. He is calling them to walk the pathway of righteousness, not for their sake, but for his namesake. So there we have five repeated truths scattered throughout the psalm that God has provided not only for our spiritual growth, but for the spiritual growth of others. And I close by asking, can these truths be found in your life? So we've looked at the text as it is given to us in an informative way. Now we ask in a practical way, can these truths of David be found in your life? Are you one who is resolved to praise God 
Not just when you feel like it, but at all times. Are you resolved to seek first the kingdom of God? That's question number one. Number two, are you encouraging others to worship God? Who are you encouraging to praise the name of God? Who can you call on who has been sliding and slipping in their walk of faith? And then question number three, are you constantly observing the works of the Lord around you? Where are your eyes? Are they on the bad news of this world or are they on the providential dealings of God in the lives of others? Are you looking at the kindness of God as He works in the hearts of men? And then question number four, are you one who declares truth regarding how God relates to others? David looked around and he declared truth about God and His grace. David says God will help those who trust in Him. God will deal with those who are walking contrary to His word. Are we one who declares truth? Regarding how God relates to others. And then question number five. Are you someone who provokes others unto love and good works? Are you being a preacher in that sense? Are you poking and prodding others to live a life that is worthy of Christ? And then the final question is, if not, why not? If not, why not? So you've messed up. You failed this last week in thought, in word, in deed. You've failed the Lord today in some way. Perhaps you're guilty of fearing man over fearing God. Well, don't let that be an excuse for you to keep from putting your hands to the plow and running your race with perseverance. David could have allowed his failures to get the best of him. David could have said, well... I've messed up, so there's no point in going on. But David's life is recorded for us in Scripture as an example of faithful perseverance. We persevere in the faith. And we persevere not because we are strong, but because God is strong and God is gracious. So a psalm, a cheerful psalm of resolution and invitation The psalm of David. He failed, but the Lord was faithful to pick him up.